48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. 17 people are being treated for injuries after a day and night of chaos, with two in critical condition. A Democratic Party councillor had his ear reattached after it was bitten off in violence in Taiku. And state media called for a tougher line against Hong Kong's protesters, with criticism of local and Western journalists. The hospital authority says two people are fighting for their lives today after a night of clashes and violence across the SAR. A total of 17 people were admitted to hospital. Besides the two in critical condition, two others are in a serious condition and a further eight are stable. One person's condition has been assessed, hasn't been assessed and four have returned home. Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting says fellow party member Andrew Chu has had surgery to reattach part of his ear after it was bitten off yesterday. Mr Chu had been trying to prevent a knife attacker from leaving the scene in Taiku last night. Mr Lam says it is unclear whether the district councillor will have permanent injuries. The uh, hospital is closely monitor the situation of uh, Mr Chu and they have provided uh, the best uh, medical care for Mr. Chu. Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tam says he hopes last night's incident in Taiku is isolated and doesn't represent an escalation of violence against the protest movement. The knife attacker had reportedly attacked a family over political differences. Mr. Tam visited Mr. Chu in hospital last night. The violence in Hong Kong, it actually been calmed down a little bit if you compare to, let's say, three or four weeks ago. But it's more down to the individual case, you know, last night. So I hope that it's just actually the case rather than, you know, any mass escalation of this level. But also last night, it doesn't seem like a planned event just happened at the place. The head of the Baptist University, Roland Chen, says he is deeply concerned about the well-being of a journalism student who was arrested in Taiku yesterday while covering the protests there. In a letter to teaching staff and students, Mr Chin said it was with a heavy heart that he had to tell people about the arrest at City Plaza, although it was not known what the young man, surnamed Tang, had been accused of. State media outlets have stepped up their rhetoric on Hong Kong's protest movement with calls for a tougher line to restore order in the SAR. Candice Wong reports. China Daily used an English-language editorial to accuse the Hong Kong protesters of courting the indulgence extended to them by friendly local and Western media outlets while seeking to silence those trying to put the protests in the spotlight of truth. They are doomed to fail simply because their violence will encounter the full weight of the law, the newspaper added. China Daily also noted that a party plenum last week had promised to strengthen Hong Kong's legal system to safeguard national security. It said Hong Kong residents. It said Hong Kong residents whose lives have been disrupted in what it called intensifying violence would be glad to see life return to normal. The Global Times tabloid had earlier called on Hong Kong's law enforcement agencies to bring the mob to justice as soon as possible after an attack on the offices of the official Xinhua News Agency. Neither editorial mentioned a knife attack on Sunday in Taikusheng, in which at least five people were wounded. The High Court has begun hearing a judicial review application from a woman whose eye was seriously injured in clashes between police and protesters in Shimsha Choi in August. The woman is arguing that she was not given enough information to challenge a warrant sought by the police to access her medical records in violation of Basic Law Article 35. 
Government lawyers have said the woman could have used other legal means to challenge the order. In international news, the former Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev has warned that the current tensions between Russia and the West are putting the world in colossal danger. In an interview with the BBC, marking 30 years since the fall of the Berlin Wall, Mr Gorbachev said that nuclear weapons should be destroyed. All nations should declare, all nations, nuclear weapons must be destroyed to save ourselves and our planet. In the late 1980s, Mr Gorbachev worked with the then US President Ronald Reagan to reduce their respective nuclear arsenals. A traffic restriction scheme comes into effect today in the Indian capital, Delhi, as the authorities grapple with the worst air pollution the city has experienced in three years. Here's the BBC's Kat Weiner. From this morning, car drivers will only be allowed into the capital on odd or even dates, according to the final digit of their car number plate. It's only the third time such a measure has been introduced in India, reflecting the city authorities' desperate battle against the all-pervasive toxic smog that has seen flights cancelled, schools closed and residents urged to remain indoors. Women driving alone, with other women or with children aged under 12 will be exempt from the scheme, which runs until the 15th of November. President Trump says the name of the whistleblower whose complaint prompted the ongoing impeachment investigation against him should be published. Mr Trump has been accused of withholding military aid to Ukraine to press it to launch an investigation into his rival Joe Biden. He spoke to reporters before boarding a helicopter at the White House. The whistleblower gave a false report. And because of that false report, people thought bad things were done. The whistleblower should be revealed because the whistleblower gave false stories. Some people would call it a fraud. I won't go that far, but when I read it closely, I probably would. But the whistleblower should be revealed. The governor of the American state of California, Gavin Newsom, has reacted angrily to tweets by President Trump, blaming him for recent wildfires and threatening to withhold federal aid. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. Over the last couple of weeks alone, wildfires have spread across close to 100,000 acres of land in California, and there have been several other large and destructive blazes in recent years. Donald Trump says California's governor, Gavin Newsom, needs to take some responsibility for the fires and has accused him of doing a terrible job of forest management. The president also indicated that his administration was no longer prepared to offer federal financial help to the state. Mr Newsom responded on Twitter by saying that Mr Trump didn't believe in climate change and was therefore excused from the conversation about how to prevent the fires. The chief executive of the fast food company McDonald's has been sacked for having a consensual relationship with an employee. Here's the BBC's Charlotte Gallagher. In an email to staff, Steve Easterbrook described the relationship with an unnamed employee as a mistake. Even though it was consensual, the board of McDonald's said it violated company policy. Steve Easterbrook was hired as chief executive in 2015 and has been widely credited with turning around the company's financial fortunes. The value of shares more than doubled during his tenure. He remodeled the business, striking a lucrative delivery deal with Uber Eats and installed digital ordering kiosks in restaurants, although last month the company missed Wall Street profit estimates for the first time in two years. A Norway-based shipping company says nine of its employees have been abducted from one of its vessels while it was moored off the coast of Benin in West Africa. 
Here's the BBC's David Bamford. A statement issued by the company in Norway said the cargo ship, the Bonita, was attacked by pirates 15 kilometres off the West African coast. They took away nine of the crew. Their identities and nationalities haven't been made public. The rest of the crew later moved the vessel into the port of Cotonou in Benin. While piracy has decreased worldwide, West Africa's Gulf of Guinea remains notorious for abductions by armed groups who usually demand ransoms for the safe return of victims. Large crowds of anti-government protesters have gathered in several cities in Lebanon in spite of the resignation on Tuesday of the Prime Minister, Saeed Hariri. The demonstrators say the whole political establishment should be swept away. They regard it as corrupt and blame it for high unemployment and dire public services. Yesterday, there was a large counter-demonstration in support of President Michel Aoun. His nephew, Alain Aoun, who's also an MP for his party, said change should come through gradual reforms. Personalising the problem doesn't serve the revolution. The problem is not uh, related to only one person. The problem is related to a system. When you ask for removing the whole system, then you are calling for chaos and anarchy. The best way is to go through the institutions and hear the people's voice and go for the reform. Gunmen in the east of the Democratic Republic of Congo have killed a journalist working for a community radio station which was raising awareness about the Ebola virus. The disease has killed more than 2,000 people since last year. Here's the BBC's Will Ross. Armed with guns and machetes, suspected Mai Mai rebels attacked the journalist's home in Luemba at night. According to local media, Papi Mumberi Mahamba was killed, his wife was assaulted and the building set on fire. The journalist had just hosted an Ebola awareness programme on the community radio station. It's likely that this killing was fuelled by deep suspicion of the Ebola virus and mistrust of those who are working to stop it spreading. Over the last year, there have been close to 200 attacks on health workers, ambulances and health centres. This has made the task of ending the outbreak even harder. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has apologised for failing to fulfil his pledge to get Britain out of the European Union come what may last month. He said missing his deadline was a matter of deep regret. Political leaders are already on an election footing, just days before the official start of the campaign for next month's poll. The head of the Brexit party, Nigel Farage, said Mr Johnson's Brexit deal would result in Britain rejoining the European Union and would ensure the UK would never achieve what he called independence. It doesn't get us out of anything. It doesn't work at any level. It is a gigantic con. We should not sell out to this. It's a Remainer's Brexit. It's virtually worse than staying where we are. And if we go through this route, we will finish up rejoining. In financial news, the fund responsible for defending Hong Kong's currency saw its investment returns fall by 55% in the three months to the end of September compared to the previous quarter. However, the exchange fund's return of $22.2 billion was up 113% on the same period last year. A strong return on bond investments was dragged down by a loss of more than $12 billion on local stocks. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,452, 359 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $47 billion. Currency is the US dollar is trading at 108.21 yen, the euro is at 1 US dollar and 11 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 13 cents. Now to sport, here's Atom Chung. We start with Formula One, where Lewis Hamilton has clinched another world championship title. 
wins the 2019 Austin Grand Prix, but it's not enough to stop Lewis Hamilton being the 2019 Formula One World Champion, his sixth career World Championship title. Only Michael Schumacher now has more than the British driver. Hamilton became the second most successful F1 driver of all time. A sixth world championship title was secured after a second place finish at the U.S. Grand Prix in Texas, crossing the line behind Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas. Hamilton gave this reaction to his latest success. Overwhelming, if I'm really honest. It was such a tough race today. Yesterday was a really a difficult day for us. Valtteri did a fantastic job, so huge congratulations to him. And Today I really just wanted to recover and deliver the 1-2 for the team and uh, I didn't think the one stop was going to be possible but I, I worked as hard as I could and um, I don't know, I'm just filled with such so much emotion but I have you know, my whole team here, everyone back at the factory, uh, I've got my mom and my dad, my, my stepmom and, and my stepdad here, my uncle George and an aunt from Trinidad and all the family back home obviously so uh, um, it's, it's an honour to be up here with those greats. To football now, Leicester City have gone up to third in the English Premier League ahead of Chelsea on goal difference that after a 2-0 victory over Crystal Palace. Jamie Vardy scored the second for Leicester. He's back on top as the Premier League's leading scorer now with 10 goals. Everton's one-all draw with Tottenham was overshadowed by a leg injury to Andre Gomez. Spurs forward Son Hyun Min was red-carded for his challenge on Gomez. And here's the Everton boss Marco Silva with his thoughts on what happened. What I'm 100% sure, even if I don't know him personally, but I played many, many times against, uh, Son didn't do one situation like that, one tackle like that to, with that intention. For sure, Son in this moment is in a, is sad. I don't have doubts about that. It's something unfortunate can happen in football and unfortunately happened with Andre Gomes. The Baltimore Ravens have handed the New England Patriots their first defeat of the NFL season. The Ravens pulled away in the third quarter when Julian Edelman fumbled the ball. Marlon Humphrey scooped it up and took it 70 yards down the field and into the end zone. That put Baltimore up by 10 and they went on to win 38-20. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson carried the ball 16 times and ran for two touchdowns. He also threw to Nick Boyle for another score. Baltimore improved to 6-2. They lead the AFC North by two games over Pittsburgh. New England's defeat comes after eight wins to start the season. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, a reminder of our top story. 17 people are being treated for injuries after a day and night of chaos, with two in critical condition. And a Democratic Party councillor has his ear reattached after it was bitten off in Taiku. And that's the news from RTHK. Oh, I have to help Mum to pay the water bill. I also need to pay my tax, rates and government rent. What should I do? I know. Starting now, a faster payment system QR code will be printed on the bills of water charges, taxes, rates and government rent. Simply scan the QR code with your mobile banking app or e-wallet and the payment is done. Faster payment system. Bill payments made easy. This information is provided by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority.
Yeah. 